Hey, this is Jacqueline. Thank you so much for tuning into Current Mood. I really enjoy doing the show and putting it together, but it does not happen all by myself. <laughs> Let me tell you. I have an incredible producer, Jarrell Perry, a network of truly supportive family and friends, and also listeners. Thanks, guys. And I also use Anchor, which is a really cool way to make a podcast. With the Anchor app, you can record and distribute your podcast. You can also track your analytics. You can have music to your podcast. It's a really neat platform and has totally expanded the way that I do storytelling. Um, if you wanted to check it out, you could download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I do think that um, being able to work for yourself and have your own time and everything is much more um fulfilling of a life than you know working and doing stuff for in a job that you don't really care about hey welcome to the current mood podcast this is your host jacqueline marie Current Mood is a series exploring self-care techniques, mental models, and core patterns propelling our increasingly digital lives. Through conversations with founders, entrepreneurs, educators, and executives across creative disciplines, I get a chance to learn about things that work for people in their everyday lives. In this next conversation, I got a chance to sit down with Shauna X, a Brooklyn-based artist and visual director. We got to talk about how Shauna transitioned into being a full-time artist in New York City, because let's be real, that's not easy, uh, what navigating mental health as a new mother and creative looks like, and how social media has affected the art world. We had a super insightful chat. Uh, I'm here with Shauna X, and wait, do you go by Shauna X, or is it just, what, like, who are you? <laughs> My artist name is Shauna X. Okay, what's your human name? Shauna. Oh, <laughs> cool. What do your friends call you? Shauna. <laughs> what does your mom call you? Shausha. Sick. Yeah, that's what the X actually is oh. for. It's okay. my Chinese name. Oh, sweet. It's not some random letter. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was like, oh. It's an homage to my Chinese name. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, and it's X-I-A-Y-U-N. It means summer... Because I was born in the summer, um, and grass because um, it's the type of grass that grows from concrete, and Ooh. the deeper representation of that is that it means perseverance. Yeah, yeah, love that. It wasn't easy for that Some grass deep shit to grow. Yes, <laughs> well, in the concrete, <laughs> in the concrete jungle. So, does your mom remind you of that? All the no, time? <laughs> not but really. This is what I named you. My oh. grandpa named me actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's cool. He's a like a professor in math, but he's very like poetic. Mm. So that's what that was represented. Do you get it from your grandpa? No, not at all. He actually <laughs> hated every single like when I lived with him when I was five to seven. He mm. banned me from all illustration and all cartoons. What? Because he wanted me to focus on academia. He banned you from from consuming yeah. art, basically. Yeah. Why is that? So I oh, couldn't so have um, picture books at home, Whoa. and I remember, like, basically taking some of this allowance I had and secretly buying one, 
and it was like my prized possession what was it i don't remember it was like a princess it was like a mat like the little match girl or something like that yeah um it was a picture book and then i remember throw like trying to in class i in the middle of class i was really proud of this book and i threw it at a classmate to give it to her (laughs) show her and my teacher saw it and got pissed and ripped it up that was my tragic story oh my god it's so tragic is that why you're an artist yes (laughs) um however i think that because he banned me from not banned but just like restricted my consumption of you know illustration i had a much stronger imagination Mm. looking back that's actually really cool yeah so when did you like finally bring that curiosity of art into like your the rest of your life um i mean i i definitely remember it started there uh, and I would always, I read, I read a lot. I consumed a lot of literature, you know, so it wasn't necessarily in graphic form. It was mm-hmm. in verb, story, story yeah. and words. And, and it was in Chinese, actually. I mean, I, this is when I was in China. Mm-hmm. And Wait, I, did you live in China? I lived in China until I was seven. Oh, really? Yeah. And then you moved to the Pacific? My parents were... Yeah, already in Portland. Oh. So I came. <clears throat> I'm learning so much about you. Right? I know. <laughs> and I moved to my parents' home in Portland. And I think all the creative, I guess, all that started without realizing that could be a actual career, I would say. Mm-hmm. It was just more of a uh, way to communicate my feelings without being very expressive about it mm. outwardly mm-hmm. you know because i think in like chinese family households there's not a lot of emotion it's very much you know very straightforward st- very strict i mean my parents weren't like that as much but they definitely had problems communicating their emotions yeah um and i think drawing was a way for me to communicate mine and so it evolved into more of a hobby mm-hmm. than anything else and it wasn't until I think, I mean, like a few years ago when I realized I could do something with it. So what, like, what did you, what kind of work did you do before you were a full-time artist? So I did advertising for the first five years of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, any okay. brand, like branding work, um, art direction, um, digital art direction from anything like campaigns for like Kellogg's is so embarrassing stuff that you're like oh I never want to show this on anything but it paid the bills and it was like an entry entry to you know the creative world I guess so I worked a lot in advertising I worked a lot in um digital design so prog design as well oh that's cool and um just design general it didn't really have anything to do with illustration necessarily it was Mm -hmm. mostly design related um what's like the corporate design world like uh honestly thinking back it was really easy it was very easy because people it's it's so much easier to create for a a mass audience than creating for a niche audience i think Mm, really yeah i think it is at least for me yeah yeah because you there's like very general trends that you just follow and that's it you know you're not like coming up with your own ideas or concepts really i mean you are but you're also not you're refined or you're kind of like restricted to 
these very specific standards. That's true. Mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not, it's kind of predictable, which makes it easy. And I think I took that like ease in my life and channeled that frustration with how easy it was into my artwork. So (laughs) all the stuff I was doing on the side, like all throughout this time, I was doing a lot of um, side projects such as, you know, group art shows, Mm -hmm. or I had my own like card company. I sold a lot of greeting cards for a really long time. It's really funny. Um, (laughs) Just did a bunch of stuff on on the side. Um, I like stores, like everything. It was an intense thing I did on the side just for fun. What was your greeting card company called? Just my name. (laughs) It wasn't anything interesting, but I did some fun cards. I think one of my favorite cards was like a heart in a like a human anatom- uh, anatomically correct heart mm-hmm. in a glass bottle. And it said, for you, it was a Valentine's card. Oh, I love so it. So stupid. Take it's just like heart. dumb <laughs> things. And this is what I did to deter from how bored I was at work. Yeah. But work gave me that space to kind of fuck around. Yeah, totally. And so. And like live and pay your rent. Yeah. Yeah. There's so like for a long a time. Yeah. Yeah. And I just kept on doing it, just got more and more into like design and art world without really realizing it. I didn't even know there was a, a design <laughs> art world, really. Like I wasn't aware of it. I don't know why I was so blinded to that side of the practice. I mean, there's a huge community. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't aware of it for what, some reason. Are, where is everybody based? I mean, I'm sure everywhere, but like, is, does New York have a pretty good... Yeah, there's a big base here for yeah. sure. I mean, in here, there's so many creatives here that there's so many bubbles with right. design and art, you know? What's the design art community, like, characteristic, like, main character? It depends. <laughs> it depends because I think you can think about some designers are just, I think, the, some pe- the people I've known, you know, they like nice things. You know, they like interesting things. Mm-hmm. It's nice. You go to their house, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a designer <laughs> person's home yeah um but it depends on what kind of designer right there's like furniture designers there's graphic designers there's fashion designers there's all these types of creatives here Mm -hmm. and you go to their homes or like hang out with them and have conversations and some are more business-minded than others Mm -hmm. like some really are into talking about like the type of work they're working on and like business relations and some are talking about like philosophy and Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's just kind of all over the place yeah um but I know a lot of freelance creatives here. Can and you make it as a freelance creative in New York? Definitely. Yeah? 100%. What was, like, the tipping point for you to, like, transition into, like, full-time artist? Um, I definitely took a long time to get there. Yeah. I always knew I could have... I wanted to do something like this. Um, but I think it took... First off, I was dating Colin, who is now my husband. Mm-hmm. But at the time, he... He's been a photographer on his own since he started or since he graduated. So he's never had a real job. Really? He just went into photography. Mm -hmm. And I think he owes it to his parents who are business owners. Mm. And so being influenced by him and his, you know, whole thing about starting your own business and treating your work as a business Mm -hmm. was really inspirational. Um, That was one, like like one thing that kind of set me towards that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was working, I also had an opportunity to be in this commercial for Adobe. 
Oh, wow. Which was like, oh, wait, what is this? And they sent me to New Mexico and I did this art piece that they turned into like an advertisement for Creative Cloud. Wow. And so that was one experience that made me realize, oh, you can actually make money (laughs) doing this. Yeah. And so I started getting a lot of work that was um, commercial. Now I'm getting more editorial work. Yeah. Um, A lot of people just have different trajectories. Like some people who are illustrators, like what mostly what I do, they go into the illustration world starting with editorial because that's where you get the best projects. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you have a lot of exposure that way, but they don't pay very well. But, Mm -hmm. you know, most of us are okay with it because it's, you know, depends on the publication. Right. Like if you get something in New Yorker or New York Times, it's like cool. Like, it's like PR for I'm you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, but I went and to fully different route where I went in directly into commercial world. Um, That's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. like end up working with a lot of like big clients like Adidas and yeah. you know. So how does that? What does that look like as an artist entering like a commercial project? Um. Well, I was very familiar with it because I came from the advertising world. Yeah. Were you like so, connected through that or was it just no, like through your art? It was through the work I was presenting. And obviously it was because I was, this is four or five years ago when gradients weren't a trend. I was on like the beginning wave of that aesthetic. And right. I think that's where I was noticed by these clients who were like, oh yeah, your work is so, so positive. Um, yeah. Like. You know, yeah, so powerful. Like, what was your work like for us at the time? Um, very bright, very yeah. similar to what I have now. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of thought behind it. It was just more fun, and I kind of appreciate that. Like, I drew a lot of butts, actually, <laughs> a lot of butts. Why? Uh, because I liked butts. <laughs> <laughs> I love butts, so I'm just kidding. I remember actually right before I started drawing a lot of butts, um, this is 2012, and I remember drawing like a series of hand gestures that um, represented the vagina, yeah. and people were pissed about it. Really? It was a time period when I was just drawing things that seemed provocative, which you look at it, you're like, how is this provocative? Not really. Yeah. And four years ago, it was even that long ago. And I remember people were like, this is so offensive. How can you draw something like this? Wow. Um, and now, like, totally different. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's it's crazy. interesting to see how that's changed. So, like, how have things changed with Instagram and just, like, being having so much content available? And so everyone's basically an artist now or can be. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Everyone... Yeah can be a photographer everyone can be um, a stylist (laughs) um, everything instagram yeah (laughs) it's it's positive because you have the ability to you know showcase and discover talented people and inspiration Mm -hmm. and i don't i think that's something that we never had that as accessibility as as we do now. Yeah. You know, without even yeah. leaving their your bed, basically. <laughs> but, you know, in some ways, that's not the most... It makes it less significant. You know what I mean? Like, you're just... If you find this, like, you know, it's like beautiful replaceable. photo... Or it's something you scroll through. Like, the experience of it isn't as you discovering it in a book right. at a random bookstore. Right. Or you walking to a gallery and discovering this photography. I think the concept of discovery is mm. much less you know, waited when you just find it on Instagram and be like, oh, I like this and save it. And then you forget 
who did that? And then you see another one just like it. It's the same with music. It's the same with yeah. all consumption. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the positive part is that there is a lot of talent and inspiration out there. But negative part is that it's constantly, you don't even know what you're influenced by. You're being, you're consumed <laughs> by, you're consuming everything. Like there's so many times when I've create some, a piece of work and I'll be like, I feel like I saw this somewhere. And I'm inspired by that. So that's somewhere. And I don't even know where it's coming from. I don't know if it's from my head or I don't know why I like it. I don't know if I, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, where does it come from? Because I've just over consumed. I feel you. It's like this, like a digital, like a trash can almost your brain becomes. (laughs) Like where it goes to yeah. die. Yeah, <laughs> not to be so it's dark. The same but... with like Wikipedia too. You know, I constantly am on Wikipedia looking at useless information. Really? And I don't remember anything. You can tell. You can ask me about something. I'm like, I read about that. Isn't that I mom don't brain? remember anything. The well, mom... that's probably part of that too. Yeah, mom brain. Mom brain. How yeah. old is How old is Ren? Ren is seven months old. You guys, Ren is the cutest baby I've ever laid eyes on. Thanks. Saying. <laughs> How did she get good. so cute? She just, she's a great baby. <laughs> so, okay, I mean, just to tr- tr- transition a little bit into, like, artistry and motherhood. Like, yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> like, I'm still figuring that out, for sure. Did you have some sort of preconceived notion of what it would be before Ram was born? I definitely didn't want to be a mom because I wanted to keep on going with my career and I feel like yeah to be good at anything you can't really assume a different identity and I think that's totally wrong um yeah you know what I mean I think yeah. like people who I looked up to in terms of artists were not moms mm-hmm. and you know they worked their lives just making work and so I think I was afraid to have a child and take me away from that path. Yeah. And I mean, now it's totally different because I realized you, the thing is, it's like you can't have it all, but you start realizing what's actually more important. You like start weighing the different priorities in your life a lot more. Right. Do you yeah. think that, I mean, she's, I feel, I feel like she's brought so much joy into people. She life. has. Like, yeah. Has yes. that affected your work? Like, Heck yeah. yeah. I feel like that has a little bit. Yeah. It's made lot. me think about things in a much like more objective way. I can step back and not be so subjective and personal about things, which is good. Yeah. But also be more empathetic and have more compassion. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. What's well, so. like, What's an example of something you've done recently that was like affected by being a mom? Everything. <laughs> Literally my whole yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Everything I do now is affected by it. Yeah. Whereas before, if someone asked me about my inspiration, it was a lot more lighthearted and I I do appreciate lightheartedness. Yeah. Um but now it has a lot of it's deep. Yeah. A lot of gravitas. Got it. Yeah, and everything. I create so there's a lot more emotion in it whereas before it was more just something funny yeah um and something easy yeah which I do miss not gonna lie yeah I do miss the ease um now it's a lot a lot of heaviness but Mm. in a positive way not Mm -hmm. like a draggy way so do you (laughs) 
Okay, for sure. <laughs> so do you feel like you make art for yourself or are you making it to, to have a message to tell people? I think both. Yeah. 100% both. Yeah. I don't think you can separate the two. I mean, some people can. I can't. Yeah. Because I think when I make work for myself, it speaks to other people because I'm a person. You know, I think a lot of people who make work, when they say they do it for themselves, it's like, yeah, it's true. But you are also a part of the human experience. And I see more of that holistically than I ever have before. Mm. It's not so isolated, yeah. you know, and yeah. like, I think yeah. now being a mother makes you care about community more. It makes you care about um, unity and being human. What is that like? Like, you know, I used to think I was very special <laughs> and now like, it's like you are special. I am special, but everyone is special. Yeah. So in the in the past, I would take that as, oh, that means I'm ordinary mm. and see as a negative thing. But now it's like, whoa, that's awesome that all of us are special. Mm, you know wow. like we all are you know people that have power within ourselves yeah and that's amazing we're all part of that together so what are like the top three things you learn being a mother energy is limited <laughs> yeah like i think being precious to your energy is really important because people don't recognize how much energy they are giving out sometimes that um in like when they don't get it back or something is i guess like when they receive a negative energy no i don't want to say negative cuz that's so subjective but they don't they don't receive like a hot like a lower um energy level i don't know what am i explaining yeah that? yeah um they don't realize how much it affects them and takes from them mm. and i think just being really aware of that like what you give out and what you you know, yeah. let in is yeah, really yeah. important. Yeah. So that's one thing I definitely have recognized. So I don't yeah. just like throw all my energy everywhere. I throw it out when I feel good or I feel... <laughs> well, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. Or I feel like, oh, maybe I want to help out somebody. Yeah. Or like, you know, I think having that sort of concept and knowing like where you're placing your time and yeah. effort is really important. Do you feel like you've like slowed down at all? Not in a bad way, yeah. but just like... You're at, a, like, a slower pace. Yeah, I went really hard last year, I think, in terms of work. Yeah. And, like, reflecting on it, I've done a lot of... I did really great projects last year, but yeah. there's definitely projects that I look back now where I put in a lot of energy and time and effort that I feel like um, now I'm not really... I didn't think it was worth it, even though it was, like, a great product. It's yeah. not even just how it turned out. It's how I feel about it. And so slowing down has allowed me to really look at all the things I've done in my life, not just work, but as a person, as a mm -hmm. friend, as a, you know, yeah. daughter, yeah, as just who I am mm -hmm. and really understand where do I need to go more towards? Where do I want, like, what part of this experience do I want more for myself? Mm -hmm. And slowing down is important for that. Yeah. And I slowed down a lot this year. Yeah. And actually in the past when I would talk about slowing down, I hated it so much because <laughs> I think in New York, you know, work is what defines you and gives you value. And slowing down means that you don't have value. Now I'm kind of like.
Oh, actually, great. I'm not working that much this year. Everyone asks me that. Everyone yeah. I meet are like, what are you working on? I'm like, not much. I'm raising a child. That too. <laughs> and I'm really not working that much. And yeah. that's totally okay. Yeah. Um, of course, I get FOMO sometimes. Of course, I'm like, yeah. I'll look online and be like, oh, man, this person is doing this and that and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't affect me as much <laughs> as it used to. Um, I want to get into, like, protecting your work. Yeah. What? Have you ever been fucked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me about the scenario without naming names? God, there's so many times I've been fucked. Really? As yeah, artist. of course. This is a, a thing that happens constantly. And I want to talk about it. I mean, there's definitely people have plagiarized my work from big companies to small companies. You really? know? Yeah. Like, super obviously. There's this huge European company that is as just as big as target that stole an artwork from me from me and t- put it on their swimsuits what yeah um that happened, happened last year what did you i like- honestly was pregnant i didn't really care <laughs> okay but in the past i've sued people really which is awesome i sued this woman in california that took a piece of my art and um, put it on a bunch of her shirts for her company and i saw on leah michelle that celebrity girl from god what's that Glee. Oh, okay. And I was like, what the hell? It was literally your art. Yeah. On someone's shirt that they and were selling. And then I sued her. It was great. Did you like, did she, was she like, sorry? or No. She was through up. a lawyer. I just got a lawyer. This is like back in 2012. Jeez. It was a pretty interesting experience. You win? To say the least. Yeah, of course. But it wasn't like a huge settlement. Yeah. But it was still like the fact that i did something about that but for any time my work or anyone's work gets plagiarized like it's it's too much like at some point you're just like i don't have the energy for this unfortunately like i wish there were more of a protection on people's like rights yeah and property but there really isn't especially in the illustration visual art world because Mm. you have to prove there's so many things you have to prove and the reason why i won very easily in this Mm -hmm. case it was because this woman had reached out to me asking for oh. this work. So oh I had God, that on paper. did it anyway? Yeah, and did it anyway. Oh, but if karma. that didn't happen, it probably would have been a, a, a longer thing because to say, hey, this is my visual work, you have to prove all these things that, even though it was basically that, you, there's all these questions like, oh, is this inspired by it? It could be just inspired by it. Right. Or it could just be, you know, um, the colors are similar. Like, how do you prove that? Right, right, right. And that's, you're like, because she really asked me and I said no. And that was what basically made the whole thing a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but I'll have situations, I mean, even if it's not being plagiarized, it's like people I work with or clients I work with saying that they'll do something with my work and then taking it and doing a lot of different things with it. That's mm-hmm. not in contract. Mm-hmm. And you have to go after them about that too. Or they will say verbally to you, this is what I'm going to do with your work. And on the contract, they'll hide all these things saying that they'll own your work. So oh. as a visual artist, yeah. you don't want your work to be owned by anybody. You just want to license it. You want to license it. Yeah. Exactly. Because they could take that work if they own it to do anything they want. And that happened to me last summer with a client that I had a bad feeling about oh, and no. just did it anyway because I was just kind of like in this zone. Yeah. And I saw what they did to my work afterwards and... Honestly, I'm still kind of like salty about it because it's seeing that in that context and just like used as this disposable mm. thing was 
not the best, you know, yeah. like it wasn't, yeah. there was no respect. I think it's about just respect and there wasn't any of that. Right. Was it like a very personal piece? No, it was someone, they, they came and they hired me for these pieces, yeah. but they took them out of the context oh. of the pieces. And yeah. I think when you do that, it changes the entire meaning yeah. of what you're being hired for. Right. Right. And <laughs> As a client, yes, they hire you, but I think that you should look at them as collaborators. You're not looking at them as people that just pay you. Right. And if that's your relationship, I know I personally don't prefer relationships that are like that, that transactional. I don't like transactional relationships in any sense, Same. you know? So Same. when it comes to my work, especially. When did you figure out that you were like not down with transactional relationships? Um, Probably last year. Last year? Yeah. Around that time? a long time. <laughs> Because I think, like, you know, we are all independent artists or people working for ourselves. And, like, when money is something you need, mm -hmm. you start to look over your own value in some ways and like can't people, blame that. People don't even understand what their own values are. Yeah. Sometimes. You don't. Like, yeah. there's not, like, a certificate you get, like, in a <laughs> hey, nice like to a meet you. Here's my value. job, right? You don't <laughs> yeah. get, um, you know, promoted. Right. Like, right. <laughs> Like you don't get You're like, hey, am I getting things. a bonus? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully, you gotta pay rent. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. it's interesting how our um, lives are becoming more and more towards that direction. It um, is, huh? Mm -hmm. Like the DIY like workforce. Yeah, it's like forty like percent working for yourself. Yeah, like that's why WeWork is in business and doing so well. True. Like think about all these companies that are doing all these co-working co-working spaces that yeah. are like killing it because more and more people want that freedom. Yeah. But is it freedom? Are Ooh. we actually free? <laughs> Just saying. I don't know. Are we? No. What, what, what is freedom? <laughs> but I, that's okay. Like... I, I chose this life, right? Like yeah. if I want to be free and go in the woods and like be a hermit, I could do that, but I don't want that. So I chose yeah. to do this. So you just go on the weekends. Yeah, but I do think that um, being able to work for yourself and have your own time and everything is much more um, fulfilling of a life than, you know, working and doing stuff for in a job that you don't really care about. I'm like over here shaking my head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get to like the mental state where you were like, OK, Shauna, you can fucking do this. Let's go forward. Like, how did you get over? Because I feel like that's kind of a mental hurdle for a lot of people. To what? To like, like to transition into a full time, whatever your passion is, and yeah. to like make a living doing that and being confident that that's possible. Of course, like not everything will always work out, but yeah. Like, how do you mentally prepare yourself for that? Um, to be honest, I had savings. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's one. deep honesty. Yeah, yeah. I did. I was a very smart 20-something. Savings for like... a lot of money. A savings so can, for like a year? Yeah. I was able to wow. do that because I didn't know what I was preparing for. That's awesome. And so my mom taught me to save at a really young age. And I was like, why the fuck would you do that? And now I thank my mom for giving me that sort of stability. Because to be oh, honest, yeah. without financial stability, why would you be... Why would you quit your job? There's no point. Like yeah. you need to have that yeah. stable lifestyle before you can actually take the plunge, you know? Right. So I think sa having savings was what really helped me in the very beginning. 
and now it's like now it's turned into more mental like trusting yourself yeah um because i think when you're working out for yourself or working with a small team of people um there's a lot of like shit that you have to deal with. Whereas before in an office setting, you're kind of removed from your work. I mean, it is something that you do from nine to five, but it's not who you are. Like right. your passion, your passion is you. Right. So it's confusing. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're fusing your work self and yourself. Whereas when I was working in an office, it was definitely a separation. Right. And so it's kind of I, nice though. I feel like sometimes yeah, I do miss that part. I know about that. I one. really it do. It's kind of nice. I miss that separation a lot. Yeah. And cuz now it's like what do I stand behind? Like if I fuck up, I it's all me. Like I can't <laughs> do anything. I can't blame anybody. <laughs> you know, it's like all me. Yeah. All the toxicity is all me. Mm. You know, like all the politics is all me. <laughs> Everything is just me. And so having yeah. that sort of responsibility, it's more fun to share with someone else about it and I do miss yeah. that about working yeah. in an office. Yeah. But it, it I is, do yeah. It's hard sometimes when you're by yourself. Yeah, but I think like having trust for your work and trust for yourself isn't really, you know, going off of that. I know it sounds really cliche, but it's definitely something that I have to keep on reminding myself um, over and over again still. Like yeah. trust in the process. Yeah. Um, Like, yeah, of course, there's days when I'm like, oh, I want to work at an office and get full time health benefits and like paid vacation days and like you know all these perks and stuff like that yeah. of course there's days where i feel that way yeah um so then you go treat yourself yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's just there's perks on both ends yeah it just depends on what you what you think matters more yeah is it freedom or is it you know you know great health care <laughs> pick one that's fucked up <laughs> that's so fucked up yeah I pay, I'm just going to say, I pay over $600 a month for oh, yeah. fucking healthcare. And that's just base and base. That's like the base. I'm sure you yeah. guys with the child, yeah. like, it's dumb. This is insane. That's not even with like dental and vision. What? Yeah. It's like $1,000 a month. It's so dumb. What the fuck? So I'm it's so like, mad. right? <laughs> so there's perks of working yeah. in an office too. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You just, yeah. I think for me though, I value my time a lot more. Right now I do. Yeah. Um, and thankfully I'm healthy. So yes. I could value my time. Yeah, I do feel more motivated to, you know, start something that is not just with my passion though now. Yeah. Doing something that's outside of my passion as an artist and yeah. utilizing the same skill sets, but creating something that's a little bit more removed from me. Like what? I don't know yet. Yeah. Just some sort of thing that isn't, it's like a service or a product that's, removed from yeah what i really enjoy doing because fusing the two sometimes gets confusing totally. and you become so sucked into your identity and it fucks with you sometimes and i want to separate from that a little bit yeah but what kind of service or product i don't know yet there's a lot i think yeah. there's a lot to be said like you know something that's close to me whether that's like being a mother yeah you know i, I can't make work that isn't true to my life yeah so i always think it's it's interesting how business people i'm like looking at people who started baby brands that don't have babies <laughs> and that to me is like yeah. wow you guys went to business school yeah so you know this is a good market but what does this mean to you right and so i'm definitely like looking at that type of um 
like route in yeah. my world but yeah. we don't i don't know what that is yet i'm just gonna have it come to me naturally i don't want it to be forced yeah. about it i love that yeah well it might be too free-spirited in the business world i have no we'll see <laughs> no i could definitely i could definitely see like another lane for sure yeah and i think that's i think that's important to have multiple lanes mm-hmm. and i've always been about that too i mm-hmm. think that when you are cornered i hate being cornered to anything and i think that's my issue with my work the past few years because i started getting cornered into this like specific style specific like what's it called what would people call it they were like i want the shauna x style yeah that's what they call it really yeah Do you have your own genre i guess <laughs> and it's like people can tell that's my work yeah well i mean yeah it's but pretty distinct i'm also like growing as a person so personally that might that work might not speak to me anymore mm-hmm. and i'll have people come to me you know asking for work i did two years ago i'm like i can't do that anymore i'm sorry that's not how i i've grown past that aesthetic. yeah and for someone that grows and enjoys growing it's hard to be kept in one space yeah totally. and but then that's what the world knows you for and i think that's the issue with a lot of people <clears throat> creatives everybody yeah you, know? you definitely you get you get not pigeonhole, but I mean, it's like sociology. Like yeah. we are as humans, like drawn to box and categorize things yeah, so we can make exactly. sense of them. Exactly. Like that's how we. That's how we roll. Yeah. But it does become limiting. Yeah. Yeah. And or you can just separate a little bit, and that's what yeah. I'm learning how to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tight. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. So how do you like bring your ideas to life? Like, do you have like a? I don't want to tell your process, but like. For instance, like I know you told me you were glass blowing, yeah, and then now you're working on some kind of like other, other wood thing. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm trying to. Yeah, um, for me to bring ideas into life, it's contemplating a lot about the idea and yeah. trying to extract emotions from them. What I think mean? emotion from anything is important for me to pinpoint. Mm. So, um. If it's like a, I don't know, you can talk about any topic and there's an emotional like response to it. It doesn't mm. matter what it is. Health insurance, for instance, <laughs> or like politics or yeah. um, being a mom or being single. Like any anything has an emotional response. Yeah. And for me, if I'm able to understand that emotional response, I can visualize it. So I think I mentally am really efficient at mental visualization through meditation or just through practice mm-hmm. of like any topic or any concept that I am talking about with somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And once I am able to visualize something that's very easy, I think I can just take that and go directly to, you know, the drawing board or the computer or anything, mm-hmm. and just bang it out. Yeah. And that's usually me on a good day. That's tight. Yeah. So you just literally bang it out. <laughs> yeah. On a good day. On a good day. Yeah. yeah. I like, I think there's many days I like to explore. The exploration phase is something that I, it's part of my process every day. Whereas I have no agenda. You're just on, you know, in the zone, just making work, whether that's, you know, something that you don't really like and you just feel like doing, or mm-hmm. it's like fucking with color or just fucking with like, the concept of what you're making Mm -hmm. and just constantly reiterating. I think that's something I, that's a big part of my process as well. Yeah. And because of that practice, I'm able to 
when I have an assignment or when I have like a project I'm working on, whether it's self-initiated or a client project, mm-hmm. I'm able to tap into that part of my brain. Mm. But it's because I'm constantly exploring, explore, exploring yeah. visuals. Yeah. Yeah. You're like muscle is strong. Yeah. So do you practice? Have, yeah. I mean, practice, I feel like we don't do that as much as we used to or yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And being okay with fa- failing yeah. on like not making the best work, making shitty work. I'm totally okay with that. Like yeah. that's why I do glass blowing because the stuff I'm making, some of them is great. Some of them looks like shit. <laughs> I spent three hours last Sunday like making this tiny like little i don't know what it is it's like a ball has a hole in it um <laughs> and i fucked up is like donut four times and yeah like i think that's the whole thing is you're just trying yeah. to explore these different muscle groups that you have totally. and like making not having expectations yeah when you're like working at home do you have like a setup or like a vibe that you need to like get things going I used to these days not as much because of Ren. Yeah. Um, she also um holds me from totally being absorbed into my work. Yeah. Um. So when I do have that time, it's like yes, I have <laughs> that time to like screw around. And yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um. I used to have a setup that's like you know in a in a you know have a coffee next to me a tea next to me i always have to have my beverages next to me okay and then just comfortable and like either i have like good music on it's yeah. very simple it doesn't have to be yeah. like, like in this candle, beautiful space or anything a candle i don't like but that's smart i should i want to start practicing with how you know smells and color and light yeah affects my work too one of my um, like splurges is like a nice candle on my writing desk. Ooh, uh, I should think about like, that. Like one of the fancy ones. Like I always get a new one. That's really nice. I'm like, ah, every time I put it on, I'm like, it's time to write. That's really nice. Yeah. Although yeah. it doesn't always happen like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. So. It's hard to get into these things, especially if they're self-initiated things. Yeah. Right? Like, what about like, wait, like what? Sorry. Self-initiated yeah. projects. It's hard to like dive into it and be and like motivate yourself through the whole step of the way. I'm very impressed by people who do that constantly. Yeah. What about like drugs? Love drugs. Have you, have you done, have you created art on drugs? Um, no, actually I admired my art on drugs. <laughs> what was that like? Amazing. <laughs> I don't appreciate my work. Usually I know I Aww. should. Um, that's just kind of my, my process is I like to just let it out. Yep. Uh, Appreciate it years down the line. Yeah. Um, but whenever I'm on any sort of stimulation, I will go to, like, I think actually when I go look at my work on the stimulation, I feel really, like, excited by it. And mm-hmm. I know I'm on the right path. Oh, I don't cool. like to make work, though, when yeah, I'm yeah. on it. Because I think that's <laughs> a lot of expectation. I expect a lot out of that creation for some reason. Huh. Which I shouldn't. That's interesting. It's like opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Totally opposite. I much prefer like a human connection when I am on any sort of psychedelic or anything like that. Yeah. I prefer like music. I prefer dancing. I prefer like physical interaction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. But it could change. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? So the last thing I wanted to talk about is like, I do talk a little bit about it, but like mental health. Yeah. It's such a taboo like saying um but what is mental health for you 
mm, mental health like what is my state of mental health or what does it mean what to is it, me? yeah what does it mean and then also if you want to talk about your state i think mental health it's it's kind of like your body your physical health it's all connected i'm realizing that your mind body and spirit it's all intertwined completely you don't recognize it <laughs> yeah you, especially if you're more focused on your mental stimulation versus your physical stimulation but it's all in one like if all in one balance i would say mm-hmm. and mental health to me is something that you have to keep on you know it's like you exercise because yes. you want to stay fit you want yes. to stay active and you want to live longer you eat good food because you want to have a better experience mm-hmm. physical experience is the same with your mind yeah you want to keep on exercising your thoughts your behaviors understanding and pinpointing when you are going on a negative path mm-hmm. when your brain is firing off like a series of thoughts that don't really keep on like pushing you to the hellway or yeah. to the highway to hell yeah, yeah. and basically understanding where that comes from and rerouting that and that's something i constantly do every day rerouting (laughs) my mind out of the highway of hell yes not (laughs) and not just the highway of hell it's like realizing that so many of my concepts and my beliefs are shaped by society and shaped by what i thought you know was needed of me but it's actually not it's you are so you are so individualistic you're the same. We're all in the human experience, but you are uniquely you. And, you know, a concept like success or a concept like love or loneliness is totally different for you than for the next person. But society and movies and media like projects like a very generic statement for everything. Yep. And so rerouting what that means is actually one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Mm -hmm. Like rerouting like for example like being rich you know yeah. that's something that like i always wanted to be when i was a child like i want to make a lot of money and be really? really fucking rich and i still do but at the same yeah. time it's like why is that something that i really want as a kid was it because someone told me that was a good life to be probably right it's because and so everything around you says that and understanding like why do i want that right is like oh maybe i actually don't want that <laughs> yeah maybe yes money is great yeah. but maybe i wanted something like a feeling from that right that you can achieve some somewhere else yep um without trying to like kill yourself over what kind of like mental models did you have around money that have changed it was ter- it was like obviously as an immigrant you know especially my parents who were immigrants like they didn't have a lot so they wanted their kids to have so much so yeah. they pushed you to go to the best schools and you know do the best Go be a lawyer, doctor, make money, be stable. And so that's a very, I would say, like kind of superficial way of looking at it. And when it comes to money, it's like money is the the most, it's like stability to a lot of people. Like right. without money, you don't have the freedom to do a lot. Sure. You know, you're very much tied to what makes you money. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to um, us, I mean, I'm in the place where I'm lucky enough to have made money in the past to to survive in new york from the money i've made yeah and so like understanding oh i'm actually in a completely different place than where my parents were right right and like understanding like why do i want more money is it because (laughs) like you know is it because something like crazy rich asians came out and (laughs) 
<laughs> makes me want to go on Singapore in a private jet. Like, why do I want that? Is it right. why is it that society makes us want these desires of things that don't actually it will temporarily make you happy? Transactional. Obviously, it's all transactional. Yeah. And so I'm kind of rewiring what that means to me. I had a deep attachment to it because. My parents sure. had an attachment to it, yeah. and so did my grandparents. I think money is a curse in my family line. <laughs> I really do. And I think it's it's up to me to break that curse and that like unhealthy attachment to money. Mm. I mean, yeah. I think that's common for a lot of Americans. Yeah. I mean, that's common for a lot of people. That's why like luxury is like a category. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I do love my nice things. Right. <laughs> I mean, I just walked by a store, the real real. Yeah. The slogan was like, we all like nice things. Like, really? Yeah. And it's like, we all like things that last long. So when you think about luxury items, it's like, oh, it's not only nice. Right. It gives you character and, you know, it gives you status and it lasts long. Uh, These are things that we are we are being marketed about, you know, like why the name brand something that gives us more um, feeling like more like self-worth than yourself. (laughs) That's a great question. Yeah. So those are things I'm thinking about. (laughs) Why does a brand name give you more self-worth than yourself? Yeah. Like, why do you need to have yeah. to have that? And of course, like, I enjoy these things. I'm not against it. I'm yeah. just saying, like, interesting. We place so much, like, significance in these things, in money, when money can get us. Yeah. And not so much in relationships. Yeah. You know, like, in yeah. what you have with others. Totally. Your family. Yeah. Teachers. I don't know. Things that I think actually will give you more richness. Yeah. I also think that, like, with money, there's that feeling of stability, yeah. But like, say if you're in a place where you don't have a lot of money, yeah. but you want to like manifest or like, you know, bring more money into your life. Right. I think that you can bring things into your life that do give you those same feelings, right? Like yeah, that, for sure. something else. What? Okay, fine. Like getting a consistent paycheck makes you feel stable. Like what is it? What are those components and how can you like bring that into your life? Yeah. So that's not like a limiting thing. Yeah. Um, and making decisions that are comes that comes from a place of trust. And like cliche as it sounds, love, you know, rather than insecurity, (laughs) rather than insecurity, because a lot of people make decisions based on like, oh, shit, I won't have this type of lifestyle. Like a deficit mindset. Yeah. Like I'm making this decision because I don't have this. Yeah. What? Or you focus on what you don't have. Yeah. I think that's something I've noticed coming back to, I mean, going, we we went on tangent, but like. Going back to the whole thing where what I've changed about my concepts is yeah. realizing I've focused so much on what I don't have. Yeah. And what I lack. Yeah. Um, and trying to change that mindset too. Because yeah. I think that is something we all do constantly. And we don't even recognize we're doing it to ourselves. So how do you change it? Being like, wow, I'm focusing on what I don't have yeah. rather than what actually happened. Like I would do this thing after every show I've had. I've had a show maybe once a year, like a big show once a year mm. until this year, which I don't think I'm, I'm going to wait. But um, every show I've had, I've always had to be really drunk at because I was just too like there's too much emotion put into these shows I've done, like very yeah. personal installations or like personal work. And I would be wasted. <laughs> really? And then afterwards, I would always feel really depressed. It's because you work so hard to get to that point. Yeah. 
And then you start focusing on like, oh, what do I do now? Oh, who didn't show up? Oh, right. like, did that pe- that person that you wanted to come, do they like the piece? Like, you start thinking about all these, like, negative things that doesn't really help. Getting and, really critical. And it was not until last year, after my show at ADO, when I, I had the same experience. I me- immediately felt a lot of negativity. Like, oh, this person I, you know, didn't come or, like... Did they even like this piece? Did this resonate with them? Like all these like things that we just kind of go through in our head. Yeah. And I realized it's because I was focused. Why am I not focusing on the people that were there? Like why? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. why am I not focused on the work that did like present itself? Yeah. And it was awesome. Why yeah. wasn't I not focusing on the night and how successful it was? Right. Why was I only focusing on the things that didn't happen? Like, why? What's the point of that? And I think we all do that constantly. So how'd you get yourself out of the highway of hell? <laughs> Just like thinking. Seriously, like constant Just practice. Just being aware of it? Constant practice. Practice. Being like- aware of it. What kind of, like, I'm just... I- like exercise, right? Exercise. Exercise, like mental exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have like so, mental exercises? Yeah, like when I start feeling negative, I start thinking about the root of where that negativity comes from mm. and whether that's like comes from a place of insecurity. So whether it's because I don't have something, I wish I had it, mm. or if it comes from a, an actual place where I've done something, like I didn't put my best into some a work where like I was being lazy or I was being unfair. Like yeah. if you kind of look at it in that way, yeah. like how much you were putting into it and just think about the root of where it comes from. Just like from, the facts. You understand yeah. like, oh, where is this coming from? Is this actually a, a thing that, you know, is a negative thing that you're putting yourself through? Is this actually something that you, you know, care about? I don't know. There's just a lot of ways you can think about when you think when you have thought process yeah that goes through yeah so when it's a positive thought too you can be like why is this positive is it because i'm getting attention is it because i actually am proud of this work yeah you know so just deciphering what everything that goes through mind is and maybe that's a lot for some people but well everyone has like different process yeah i don't know for me like my daily gratitudes are like really helpful that's awesome that gets it's the same it's literally the same concept as what you're talking about it's like thinking about all right. the things that you have yeah starting a day like that yeah yeah <laughs> that and, as, and as we get older too like i think we become a little wiser my friends for example my friend's dad i grew up with just passed away last week mm. and i think about you know having and one of the things that she talked about was i just can't believe i won't see his face anymore whereas i took that for granted before and I think that's the same that goes with anyone that's lost anybody mm-hmm. that they not necessarily take them for granted, but just didn't think about the fact that that's a temporary yeah. experience yeah. with that person. Yeah. And I think you can kind of take that same concept into your life as well is that everything is temporary. And so that is easier for you to have a better mental health yeah. about things. Totally. And just a more like holistic perspective, I think. Yeah. Well, that's tight. Yeah. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't forget to subscribe to Current Mood on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Also, join us on Instagram for some super cool visuals at currentmood.io. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And if you really feel like reaching out, send a message. Tell us what you are feeling, please. Thanks so much.